0: Hello and welcome to the award-winning Everything is Black and White podcast. Andrew here. it's time for the match preview and, as usual, joined by John Gibson. It's the second time, John, I've had to say that on a, on our podcast since winning the Best Sport Podcast 2023 at the Publisher Podcast Awards. I just want to say thank you to you, John, for your uh, committed effort to the podcast. It's much appreciated.
1: Congratulations to you, mate. You're the common denominator in all this. We all... Put in hopefully our little chump essence worth to help you, but the common denominator on all the podcasts is yourself. So well done, delighted for you, mate. And uh, it's good that they, uh we are winning things at the Cron nicking in just ahead of Newcastle United because they're going to be showing a few trophies in the future. I feel
0: well. I was going to say I, I didn't think we'd win the first piece of silverware. I was hoping <laughs> it would be Eddie Howe's and magpies, but we'll take it. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, I got a really nice compliment, actually, the other day from one of our listeners who called me and you, John, the Sheeran Ferdinand of the podcast world. So the question is, are you Big Al or are you Sir Les?
1: Well, considering that I know both of them extremely well, I, I'm feeling humbled to be either. I'll settle for either because they were quality. Uh I mean, I've been told the main news on deck, but uh, there you are. You, I don't know, fish and chips, uh, whatever goes together, more and Wise. But uh, yeah, that's nice. That was nice.
0: Yes, yeah, some kind, kind words. Uh, so thank you for those. And that leads us nicely on to today's episode because Newcastle face the former club of Alan Shearer this weekend in Southampton. They're in a bit of a mess. Join another fixture against a side, fighting for their lives. But while you feel there was a glimmer of hope, there is a glimmer of hope for Everton to somehow get safety, Southampton following that defeat to Bournemouth, they just look down and out, don't they?
1: Without a shadow of doubt. Uh, I mean, they've they've looked at all season. Uh, they produced a glimmer of hope against Arsenal. The last away game they played, they went to Arsenal and were 2-0 up and 3-1 up and got a 3-3 three, a three, three door. Um, Arsenal were beginning to go on the win, as we've found since, but that was still a very, very good result. But if you have any chance whatsoever of staying up, you win a South Coast derby at home to Bournemouth. And they didn't even draw it. They lost it. I mean, they will be coming up here, and uh, they'll be lowering the snake's belly uh, because they're they're dead in the water. And outside of us getting four players sent off, uh Vaughan, giving them five penalties uh so they win 5-4 and um, i don't hold out too much hope for them on sunday or for staying up and what you've got to bear in mind andrew is this is the fourth meeting with them this season we won 4-1 down at southampton in the premier league and we won um 1-0 away And 2-1 at home in the Carver Cup uh, semi-final So it's the fourth meeting We've won all three previously This is our third manager we've played against With Southampton this season Uh, And that tells you the mess that they're in But uh, we'll get to that eventually But I'm still basking in four goals at Everton Following six at, at Spurs Ten goals in two games over four days And the team bottom of the league to come on Sunday It's turned out to be a nice week
0: it is, it is, And you mentioned there the Everton game. I, I didn't feel Newcastle were at their best at all. I thought Everton, you know, did enough that if they had anything about them in the opening 15, 20 minutes, they, they could have got got a goal and really rattled Newcastle. But Newcastle showing that they can win when they're not dominant, when they aren't at their best, and they can win when, quite frankly, you know, they are far from their best. And that's what you want to see from. and
1: Well, that is what a top team does, isn't it? They can yeah. win at all levels of performance. Without without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, yes, there's no question it wasn't vintage Newcastle in the first half. When I, when I was watching Newcastle in the first half, it reminded me of our first half against Brentford when we were very iffy, but we turned it round in our first half against Aston Villa when we were very iffy and didn't turn it round. So away from home, we'd produced three first halves that were very iffy. But having said that, You know, as you've said, that's what good teams do. We, and you say if Everton had had something about them, they could, but they haven't, and that's what we said. They don't score goals. They can't score goals. It doesn't matter what they do in two-thirds of the field. It's what they do in the final third. The goal they got against us was an absolute fluke direct from McCorney. They can't create and finish score goals. And when they had a few opportunities in the first half, it didn't work. We killed... I mean, I mentioned it in our preview, Andrew. We killed the crowd and therefore killed everything. Because the only chance was the crowd. Did you see the, the coach when it come in? I thought it was a Champions League final. I, I thought, this is fast forward. We've made the Champions League final, yeah. Have you seen what's going on outside? I mean, they brought the coach because this happened last season. There was thousands outside. They had flares. It's all ups a daisy. It's all welcome the heroes set up to make that because this worked at the end of last season to make them go out. The same people, bless them, that were outside with the flares and the chairs had left their seats three quarters of the way through the game. The, the crowd was empty apart from our end by the end of the game. And I'm not having to go at Everton fans because I've got great sympathy for them because they're big-hearted about the club in the way we are about ours Uh, and they've never been relegated since 51 uh, but they're going to get relegated now but we killed them in the first half with the first goal and in the second half it was business as usual we just swept them apart and you know what's fabulous we score good goals and we have wonderful assists We don't score scruffy goals or fluky goals or we score terrific goals, great finishing. You think of the finishing of um, uh, Wilson for his second goal. Um, You think of what Joe Linton's doing. You look at the assists. If that was a good assist from Joe Willock against uh, Spurs, and if you and I talked about whether that was better than Hibby or wasn't better than Hibby, Willick produces another great assist for Joe Linton down at um at Goodison. And then what about that from Esa? I mean, honest to God, the last time I saw hips like that, there was Elvis Presley. I mean, he was he had everybody he was shaking his hips and sent everybody. And he's going up the dead ball line with the ball on the line. So he's got nowhere to work on his left hand side, no ground to work in because it's out of play if he goes there. And, I mean, he did one of them. I think it was Godfrey. He did them twice. I mean, if I'd been him, I would have you know, I would have found the gate and left and gone home. But he couldn't find the gate. He didn't know where he was. Uh, it was absolutely... Thierry Henry made a living out of doing things like that. And you can't get a higher compliment than that. It reminded me of Maradona's run against England in the Hand of God game, when everybody talks about the Hand of God. But if you saw the shimmy run... He hadn't any restriction of a a tramline on one side of him, but that one inside and outside and inside of players. Isaac did that. Now tell me that Isaac can't play with with, uh, Wilson because the two were on the field there. You see, Eddie, who gets everything right, by the way, and can walk on water without getting his feet wet. So there's no thing we're going to say about Eddie. But if Eddie insists that the best tactic for newcastle is a one through the middle striker and two wide players and by Jove, it's been successful and he doesn't want to play a tandem two through the middle uh, shoulder to shoulder which i can understand he doesn't have to he could play wilson's i'm not suggesting he does this against southampton but if he ever wants to do it between now and the end of the season he can play wilson center forward Isaac on the left playing orthodox left And whoever he wants, Murphy presumably on the right. and So that's possible. But Isaac, I mean, what do you do? We were discussing, Andrew, whether the best assist we've seen at Newcastle United was Terry Hibbert or Willock. We've now got to put Isaacs in there. Was Isaacs better than Terry Hibbert and Willock? And it was certainly better on the ball because both Terry Hibbert and Isaac was one single pass. Ball comes to you, boom outside the foot near centre forwards in this fella corkscrewed everybody he turned everybody round and round and round i mean i is a little kid i used to come off the walshaw and the town Moor, and i felt giddy because my head was spinning i felt like that last night
0: yeah it was a fantastic assist and i think if you're southampton the worry is that you're looking at newcastle united the players that they start and then the players that they bring off the bench and everyone is impressing and when you are impressing and you're on this wave of optimism and you know yourselves as a Southampton club, things are looking awful, you're down in the dumps you will be scared to the maximum on Sunday that this is going to be an an absolute cricket score
1: I mean, you know we score six against um, Spurs and Isaac scores two and Murphy scores two and he either drops him, rotates him, or rests him, whatever you want to call it, from the next match. He he leaves him out, and, and he brings Almiron in and uh, Wilson in, who were the top goal scorers, and Wilson immediately scores two. I mean, you talk about walking on water and not getting your feet wet. I mean, it, it it's, it's phenomenal, and they are the options that he's got up front and you've got to bring Gordon into that equation, et cetera, et cetera, it's waiting there for an opportunity, I mean. And I was half pleased that what we said, Andrew, come to pass, and that Gordon didn't start it, because we don't need to rattle the cage of the fans, and by Jove, he was going to rattle the cage of the fans last night. And it was, yes, bring him on when it's game, set and match. Perfect. Um, so there, was no, there was no one left to boo him when he came on. They'd all, they'd all gone home. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, um, you couldn't hear the Everton fans when the war left for the Newcastle fans going berserk. But by the time uh, Anthony Gordon came on, everybody was away home, and um, you know it was—it's it, horrendous for them. And by the way, we often know how they feel. But that doesn't mean that we we, we uh, don't feel terrific in putting the, the boot on the neck. Thank you
0: very much for listening to the episode so far. Andrew Musgraff I just want to point you guys in the direction of a live event that we're holding on May the 25th. That's a Thursday night. We'll be at the Tyneside Irish Centre myself and Newcastle United writer Kieran Kelly and Newcastle United editor Aaron Stokes and our chief Newcastle United writer, Lee Ryder. The Daily Mirror's Simon Bird will also be on the panel. But to kick things off... We'll have a club legend with us, arguably one of the best crossers of the ball ever to play in black and white. Alan Shearer is a massive fan of this man. It is Alberto Solano. This is your opportunity to come and meet a Newcastle United legend and talk about all things Newcastle United with our panel. Hopefully by that time, Newcastle will have secured top four football. So there's going to be plenty to talk about the brilliant season so far what's to come in the summer transfer window and then those nights on the continent, hopefully against Barcelona or an Inter Milan. It's going to be a great night. To secure your ticket, hit that link in the description to this episode and head over to eventbrite.com. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see you. We can't wait to see you. It's going to be a great evening, raising really important funds as well. For the Newcastle United fans food bank, so hit that link, secure your ticket, and we look forward to seeing you on May the twenty fifth. I was going to say you said you were you were sympathetic, but uh, I don't know how sympathetic you are, John. I mean, it looks like you might be very sympathetic because you're wearing
1: the royal blue of Everton today. That's because I'm a blue eyed boy because we've won an award, but um, not because of the what Everton are doing. I I feel sorry for them, but not so sorry. That i feel angry that shaw's strike didn't count because it was a wonderful finish and i mean was burned off by a toenail i mean it was such a wonderful finish and then um, i mean i really feel sorry for uh the goalkeeper who comes from that town i don't mention because uh what a a, a miserable well-smacked uh little person he is and the way he tried to pretend that Sean Longstaff was time wasting, time wasting when we are winning by the length of Osamblen Street. By the way, when he went down in the penalty area, and he tried to throw him off the pitch, and I mean Longstaff was time wasting to such an extent he was injured and had to go off. And um, you know it was an absolute nonsense, and that's typical of if Jason Pickford or the way we Newcastle people feel about him, um, and and. There we are. The right England goalkeeper had a bad night. Nick <laughs> Pope is, uh, was okay. If you're Southampton, John, and you're
0: in the on the training ground the next couple of days and then you obviously at the, the, the team hotel on, on Saturday, well, what do you say? What does Ruben Sellers say to his team? Because, like I say, you look at this Newcastle team, you look at how you're playing as a Southampton team, you can't say anything but a Newcastle United win. You know a loss pretty much sends you down. I know it'd be still mathematically possible, but, you know, they're pretty much down as it is. How would you pick your players up from this?
1: Well, I don't think you can, but they, but you've got to say something. And one of the things that he will be saying, I presume, is that, look, we went to the league leaders the last time we played away and we attacked them. They weren't expecting that. We were 2-0 up, 3-1 up and got a 3-3 draw and 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 contributed hugely to arsenal probably not becoming champions now we've got to go up to newcastle with the same free hit and hope they're complacent sitting back with their feet up in um, a big cigar and a nice bottle of chilled white by by the side and they've got to i mean it won't be like that because we talked about that the very last podcast where we said no chance of newcastle becoming complacent but he's got to hope they do and he's got to hope that this is a free sw- this is a free swing for southampton they're going down anyway if they get beat 4-0 at newcastle or anything like that everybody's here oh, well that's to be ex-. all the neutrals out throughout the country watching on telly he'll say well that's to be ex- expected so have a go and have a swing the shocked arsenal maybe they'll do it against newcastle i don't think there's a, there's a hope That they'll do that. But that's what they've got to say. It's a free swing for them because the pressure's almost off. I mean, the pressure's on when you can genuinely get out the hole, isn't it? Once you've got absolutely virtually no chance, the pressure's off. But I only expect to see one thing because Newcastle are uh, an exceptional team and have been all season. And aston villa was exactly what we hoped and said it was at the time which was a one-off a disastrous one-off but a one-off we've won seven of the last eight take aston villa out of it in my steamroller we'll and everybody and um, it's wonderful to see and uh, you know it long lasts the players deserve it the manager deserves it the board deserves it. but above everything the fans deserve it because they're the common denominator the fans have been there longer than any people with any player, longer than Eddie, and certainly, obviously, longer than owners. So the ones that have earned it over the years are the fans. And by Joe, aren't they enjoying it? Both the home crowd and those that travel away. Aren't they loving it? I mean, it is terrific. Yeah, it is. And uh, long may it continue.
0: Um, I mean, the Southampton manager said after the defeat to Bournemouth, didn't I, mean, I, I? I'm reading this from um, from like a live feed, so I haven't actually seen the interview. But it, mm. even just reading the words, of <laughs> I'm a Southampton fan, it's not inspiring me. Maybe he was a bit more punchy in front of the TV cameras. But he said, uh, "I know it's only five games to play, but we are professionals and we will fight until the very last point. I know now it's hard. I know the table is looking like a difficult one, but we are going to give it a try." Now I'm sorry, right? You. If you're in the trenches and you We're going to give it a try. We're going to give it a try, lads.
1: Goodness well, me, I, I, I'm not inspired. I know it wasn't a punchy speech, but he was punch drunk. I mean, he's going to be punch drunk. When you see where they are, if you come out and you say, hey, I tell you what, don't you worry about that table. We have got enough in camp here. We are going to win all the five games left to us. We're going to... I've got the utmost faith. I know it's going to be all right. Go home, don't cry into your pillar because their son's going to come out on Sunday at Newcastle. They say, what is he on? What's he on to say things like that? It's a nonsense. Why doesn't he live in the real world? He's on a no-win situation. They're gone. They are absolutely gone. To have hope, you beat Bournemouth in a derby, at home, following up an Arsenal 3-3. If you're going to have any chances of surviving, you win that game. They haven't won that game, uh, so they're dead in the water. You, you play now for your own pride, which is what presumably Spurs did in the second half last night after the mauling we give them and they were 2-0 down to Man U. You play for a little bit of pride. They have the better players than than Southampton, but that's what you do. I mean, well, the moment Ward Prowse will come up here, not thinking about his free kicks, but where his wage packet's going to come from next season in the Premier League. Because yeah, it's yeah. Good. So then, well, you know, it's it might, here, You would like it to be here. No. I was going to
0: say you'll be looking to impress, won't you? Because obviously Newcastle's uh, scouting team might be taking a little close look at him on on Sunday. You mentioned there though, John, what Spurs did uh, against Manchester United, and it's very kind for to, uh, for Spurs to give us another gift, you know, because that that does. That was a perfect result. That was it a was. perfect result. Do you think the fact that now Newcastle, though, are seven points ahead of Spurs with a game in hand, they're third as well? How difficult is it that they keep their mind focused on what they've got to achieve and they don't start thinking the job is done? You know, we're starting to see now more in interviews. We saw against uh, against Everton afterwards, Callum Wilson was asked about it and he was saying, Well, the games are running out, you know, and he. We're starting to hear players talk more about it. Key trip. are saying we shouldn't be afraid to mention it. But I'm just wondering how you think Eddie Howe is feeling when he hears or sees his players um, say stuff like that. Because it, is the focus starting to shift slightly? Or because Newcastle are doing so well, there is that points gap and games are running out, the season's coming to an end. Is it all right to start
1: talking about it? Of course it is. It's all right because it's going to happen. And it's no good denying it's going to happen. What are you going to do? Go into the second last home game uh, with an eight point lead over somebody and say, well, we're almost there. You know, of course it's all right to do it. There would be stupid. Do Do any of us think for one moment that Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier and Bruno have never thought about playing in the Champions League next year? It, it is a total surprise to them if it happens That they don't feel a one step closer It is Eddie Howe's job to keep a lid on the thing And there's no doubt that he'll be banging on every day And saying, look, don't trip over your shoelaces The only way Newcastle don't make the Champions League now Is that they themselves stop themselves by being complacent I don't worry about that for one moment I think that's the last problem this football club has got because of the people that's inside the dressing room and inside the coaching room. I don't think it's a problem at all. And I think it's realistic. If a player go, if you go to a player, to interview him, and he says, Well, I, I don't think we I don't even think of if, if the Champions League, you would look him in the eyes and say, Are you for real? Are you, are you telling a little fibby here to Gibbo? Because, uh, and he would be telling a little fibby to Gibbo. Of course, they're thinking of it because it's going to happen. But just because they're thinking of it doesn't mean they'll be complacent. Do you know what? If you channel the thought that you're two steps off the Champions League, if you channel that into active action, you go out on Sunday to steam all of them. You go out and say, wait, I've got what I never thought I could have this season and nobody's going to take that away from me. Nobody's going to take that away from me. And I think it, it puts more steel down your backbone then if you just say well we'll take it game by game and we'll we'll hope we'll get the right result on sunday and then goodness gracious we don't know who we're playing next but we can look it up now oh it's another own game no no if when you're this close and you've you've worked blood and sweat to get here they, then I think being this close puts a rod down your back and, and makes you even more determined that it will happen. I'm real cool over the attitude of uh, the run-in, absolutely.
0: Well, it's all about mentality, isn't it? And on the view from the opposition for the Everton game, Connor from the Liverpool Echo asked me about the mentality shift at Newcastle. And it was a bit about we've discussed previously, John, about the Newcastle United fan of old always thinking they're going to mess it up somehow. you know. Even now, the tiniest part of me as a fan is thinking they're going to mess this up and we'll be playing Europa League football next season, which would still be a great achievement, but at this point, point we won Champions League football. But the majority of me looks at that team and thinks they've got the right mentality. They know Southampton are going to come up on Sunday and be as low as you can possibly be, but you can never underestimate a team yeah. in the Premier League we saw what it did against Arsenal had Che Adams been an inch the other way he would have got them a point and it, it, they're, they're
1: but four, it wasn't an inch the other way No,
0: think. but what I'm saying is it's, it's small margins and you know them getting a point changes how they're feeling about Sunday perhaps even though Newcastle are, are running wild over teams and my point being is that you know despite the fact they've only won one in the last 10 Southampton despite the fact they can't really score goals they can't stop conceding goals and the fact they're pretty much nailed on to go down, that doesn't matter to Eddie Howe and his squad and Newcastle United because what the message will be was will be you be you need to be at the top of your game no matter what and do not underestimate the opponents because at the end of the day, they're Premier League footballers and it only takes one mistake, one moment of absolute beauty for Southampton to get a goal and the game could be you know, away from Newcastle and I think they've got the right mentality to to avoid slipping up on Sunday.
1: Without a shadow of doubt, I thoroughly understand where you come from. A lot of Newcastle fans, and I've had it with respect longer than you, simply because of age, this feeling that Newcastle are going nowhere and going nowhere fast. And right at the last minute, you know, everything's going to go into a mess. You know, we've lived through 74, 76, 98, 99 cup finals all, all lost. And this season's lost. Uh, So, yes, Newcastle fans have had enough slaps to feel that. But I haven't had all those slaps, you know. I don't feel like that anymore. Not with this team. The last time I felt like this was with not even that little bit. Not even a little bit. bit? No, I did a little while back. But, no, I did around the time when we lost three games on the trot, two nil, and one of them was the cup final. Uh, You know, that period, I felt, oh, dear, dear, please, please do not give... You know, we haven't got the trophy we wanted. We've just lost two games, 2-0 in the league. Please not let that banana skin that we're stepping on it. But since looking at the team closely, looking at their attributes, scoring goals all over the park, in the main keeping uh, the defence tight, yes, we let in a goal again. I think we've kept one clean sheet in the last 11, uh, but we don't let in, outside of Villa, a shipload. Um, Above all, the attitude of the players and of the manager, I don't have doubts about them. I I really don't have doubts about them Um, And I used to remember Joe Harvey And, you know, we all talk about Kevin Keegan And we all talk about Bobby Robson But the last manager to actually win things for Newcastle and I was Joe Harvey And when he was asked about the opposition He used to say, listen, Gibbo, If we get it right, we'll be okay Let them worry about us If we get it right, we'll be okay We've got to get it right and they, they'll worry about us now. On Sunday, if we get it right, we win. Doesn't matter what they do. If we get it right, we win. And um, I, I look at the fixes in the hard games. You know, before we got to this stage, Andrew, if you looked at the fixtures and you saw Arsenal and Brighton, you would say, "Oh, whoops, it is." Wait a minute, and not only that, but you've got Everton fighting for their life, Southampton fighting for their life, Leeds fighting for their lives, etc., uh, etc. Et but you would look and you would say, "Arsenal, oh dear! Brighton, oh dear! Chelsea, oh dear!" You know what? Arsenal's gone completely off the boil. When did the last win? They had three draws and then got cuffed Man City. So they're not going to be easy. By jove, they're not, but it's the right time to meet them. Brighton have have suffered the awful, awful agony of losing a, a semi-final of an FA C- uh, Cup on penalties, and then consequently the next league game they lose again. And we're playing Arsenal and Brighton at home. And we've got Chelsea away on the last day. I mean, Frank Lampard can't can't buy a win in the local charity shop. I mean, he, he's five matches as manager of Chelsea and five defeats. So we're playing the three biggest sides at the best time, and we can take care of the teams at the bottom. We took care of Everton. We'll take care of Southampton. And does Leicester or Leeds uh, frighten you? Um, more, 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 more
0: Leeds and Leicester just in terms of think of what they're fighting for and I know people will say well Southampton are fighting for the same thing but I think there's more about Leeds and more about Leicester
1: Andrew Andrew yeah, at the top of Everest my son you're yeah, in rarefied eh open your lungs sniff it all in and enjoy it while it's happening this is a new world, and this is a world you're going to have to get used to. I'm just because wary. I'm just wary of thinking level. we can beat
0: everybody. That's, I'm just wary. I just I, I, just need to keep the feet on the ground because, you know, I I just, I don't know. It still just doesn't feel right. As good as they've been, a little part of me just thinks I'm going to wake up in a second. It's still going to be Steve Bruce and Mike Ashley. Now, uh... now,
1: come on, now, there's no need for that. this This podcast <laughs> is going very, very well. There's no need to bring us down to earth. And um, I know where you I know where you're coming from, but we're gonna if we lose another match between now and the end of the season, we'll still be in the Champions League. Providing we win in the rest, of them. I'm not suggesting we're going to win every match between now and the end of the season. There'll well, be a it, it. It did the... sort of sound like you were. I was going to say it did sound like you were kind of going for maximum points till the end of the season. I'm, I'm not saying that's impossible. Well, not maximum points, unbeaten run to the end of the season. I'm not. I'm not saying that's impossible. But I'm also saying to to people like yourself and me in the old, I've, I've felt exactly like you for donkey's years. We can afford to lose and, and, and draw against somebody and providing we win the rest, we will still be in the Champions League next season. So, you know, it it's not taking... You look at people like Liverpool and people saying we've got to win every game to have any chance of getting in the Champions League. You, you listen to Arsenal who say we've got to win any, every game to have any chance of being crowned champions. We don't have to win every game to get into the Champions League. We've done the damage, we've won seven of the last eight for goodness sake If you're not feeling comfortable now my son, you should do Seven out of eight, ten goals in the last two games Five scored at West Ham, six scored against Spurs, four scored at Everton You just sit down and keep thinking about that instead of worrying And you'll you'll feel ten foot tall mate, you'll feel as big as Dan Byrne Another five against
0: Southampton coming on Sunday. And it's it's strange how you mentioned Dan Burn; It's like you knew what was coming next. And we're going to do yeah. the bit where we talk about the team news. Yeah. And quite frankly, right, this I've got it written down, but I'm now going to tear it from my pad, scrub it up because I just don't know what Eddie Howe going to do. You know, we could have. Oh. I'm not even going to suggest what we could have. We, we don't. Stupid, but no. goodness me. You just don't know what he's going to do. No one saw that team. Against everything coming
1: Well you get Isaac scores Two And Murphy scores Two And they're both Left out So you know As you say We'll go Forget all about it All you can Ever talk about Is what We would do if we're in Eddie's group. Talking about What Eddie would do Is a whole Different ball game I'm a big fan
0: though Every time he drops Someone That has been In that start Eleven consistently It's down to illness They're always ill they're always <laughs> ill, and then miraculously, they've recovered from whatever illness they've
1: had the or, way, on the
0: hour mark. And they come on, it's
1: very I, by, by the way. Well, you know, we talk about Murphy and um uh, and Isaac scoring two and then being dropped. Call it what you want. Do you realize that they Callum Wilson scored two at West Ham and then he was dropped and never started a game again to Leverton? So even two goals doesn't um, guarantee your place. What would I do with the team, if you were about to ask that? Which you would normally do. I mean, I would revert back to normal. Uh, I would bring Isaac back in the starting team. I would bring Murphy back. I thought Almiron looked as if he'd been out for a while. He's passing, and he wasn't alone. He was passing was sloppy. But so was a lot in the first half of the passing. But I would bring Murphy back in. He scored three goals in one and a half games, for goodness sake. I would bring Murphy back in. I'd bring Isaac in. And uh, I would bring Big Dan in. Um, because that, for this season, is our best back four. They know each other like hand in a glove, isn't it? The, the four of them. They know each other like hand in a glove. I mean, I would be tempted to play, to play Wilson. If there's an injury, to say, um, uh, Longstaff, or whatever, and you move Joe Linton in there, I'd be tempted to play Isaac outside left and Wilson centre forward and Murphy on the other side. Hmm. I mean, I would bring Dan Byrne back in. I think
0: Matt Target looked like a player who hadn't started a game since October November, what it was. I mean, that he moment of, Wob- of Wob- got the best of him. Uh and kind of I thought your mate, Almiron
1: looked as if he hadn't started the he game for he did, he did. And, and that um, was it's understandable, by the way, Andrew. I'm not having to go, it's understandable. And you know, uh, bring him off the bench. But I think Murphy has done enough to I think play on the right. For
0: the likes of, of Matt Target and and Almiron, you, you can get fit, but it's the old question of match fitness. Absolutely. And you can only get match fit by playing games, but when the team is playing so well and anyhow it doesn't like to change a win inside, it's very difficult to get that match fitness. And this is more for Matt Target than anybody else because I think Almiron will get back into the team eventually. Sure. But Matt Target, he's gonna need games, and it's you know, I don't think we'll see the best of him until after after the summer preseason when he's had a run of friendly games to get up the scratch. Um what does it say about the mentality though, John? Of this this squad, when you're talking about Jacob Murphy scoring two goals and then he's on the bench, when you talk about Isaac scoring two goals, he's on the bench. You mentioned Wilson scoring two against West Ham; he doesn't start the next game. What what does it say about the mentality? Because no one's kicking off, no one's you know being disgruntled. I know they're winning, so that helps, but I think
1: it goes deeper than that, doesn't it? Yeah, of course it does. But by the way, no one's kicking off. A because they'll all be playing in the Champions League next season and they want to do so. And B, if you do kick off, you become Ryan Fraser. You're training with the, with the under-21s or something down in a different academy. Um, so, you know, you would be a silly little boy to kick off. And what it's doing, it, and I'm delighted at this with Callum's uh, attitude, he is taking the challenge of Isaac, and by the way, it's a huge challenge, the way he plays, Isaac, it's a huge challenge Bye. am I uh, impressed by him? Uh, but Callum Wilson, be easy to trip over your pet lip and, and, and say, I'm an England centre forward and I'm the number one, et cetera, et cetera, He hasn't. He's responded in a brilliant way. There's both right and left on the wings. They're queuing up for games between Murphy and Gordon and Joe Linton and Almiron and Anderson and I mean, in, they're all responding in the right way but so you would you can finish third top, never mind fourth top, you'll have Champions League next season, you want to be, you want to transfer in the summer like Fraser will get when we're going in the Champions League I don't think so um, you know, I would be keeping my nose clean Say oh, I mean, it's not as if these boys are playing in the Champions League every season With previous clubs Or they'll get a transfer to a Champions League club Do you think Ryan Fraser Will get a transfer to a Champions League club I don't think so He's just blown that utterly and completely And I don't think many people Will want to do that That attitude is great And it's not just that There are good people That really do put the team up there But if you don't with Eddie He'll be ruthless He's been ruthless with Fraser in all, good managers are ruthless, so you know you don't want to cross Eddie at the moment because, um, as I say, he's uh, can do no wrong. Mm. Um,
0: back to the, the team then on, on on Sunday. I think my only couple of concerns: Bruno and Longstaff. And obviously Longstaff, I mean, he should have had a penalty. I'm not really sure why it wasn't given. It was horrendous. Incredible. Could have been a red card in all in all honesty. It's a horrendous tackle. Um, he goes off injured. We know Bruno's playing through the the pain barrier, and I and I actually thought it was Bruno's worst. I don't want to use the word worst because it wasn't a bad, but it was in terms of his level of performance, it was probably near near the the bottom of of of, of the list. So he, you know, I, I just think that's because of the injuries playing through, and he didn't look himself yesterday. Uh, yeah, against Everton. So there are my two concerns to whether. Both, I mean, could you rest Bruno? I mean, if he's if he's if he's fit enough to play, you'll play him. But I just think I think at some point he's gonna to have to just sit him out or come off a bit earlier because I he just didn't look a hundred percent, I thought,
1: against he's, that uh, yeah, right. He's just staggering through to the end of the season, bless him. But he's got such a big heart, he wants to be there, he wants to get Champions League, he is a fan favourite. He wallows and relishes that, which is terrific, and he wants to keep going. Um and he'll only get his real proper rest in the summer. I mean, he, he and he knows he's on countdown. If this was about September, Newcastle would have a real problem, would have to take him out the team and give him a, a, a three of three weeks' rest to, to get that ankle correct. But it's near the end of the season. If he plays against Southampton, he's got a week before Arsenal. I mean, you've got Willick and Joe Linton that can go in the midfield, and then you certainly need either Longstaff or Bruno to make it against Southampton um, because you've got plenty of other options on the wing if you play Joe Linton in midfield on the left wing. Um, but, yes, they, 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 we've got four quality midfielders, and we've got two of them That are getting injuries at the moment. Do you think Longstaff will be fit for Sunday? Who knows? I mean, he's getting chopped left, right, and centre, and I don't know how bad it is. Um, You know, we were. The funny thing is, Andrew, as you say, let's stop trying to guess because we were deciding whether the only change would be Shaw with a hammy and and Lasselles come in. Shaw's the one that plays, and then three others go out. I think so, it was the
0: first time, John, in weeks where we've gone, Dan Burns definitely starting this game. He's definitely starting 20, this game. Yes. There's not a chance Matt Target's coming in. I think Eddie listens to this and he goes, Do you know what, lads, right? I'm going to do the exact opposite to everything you say.
1: Right. Well, in that case, I'm going to say that it's 100% certain that Nick Pope will play on Sunday. Now, if Eddie's listening to this and he has the courage to leave Nick Pope out and play Durburka, then be it on your head, my lovely manager of the year. Uh, So, yes, I take the point that that you're making. But in fairness, uh, Eddie did come out with his famous phrase about uh, Byrne, as he has with others, and say that he'd been ill in midweek so he could only make the bench. And in fairness, I think that'll be true because he didn't try to give an excuse as to why Murphy Nisak was out. You said that was just tactical. That was just spreading the load. I just did it. But Byrne was out because he hadn't been
0: well. And I mean, the other one as well. I mean, he, he, he got through the game, didn't he, Kieran Trippier, but it did look a bit... Yes, he, he, took
1: a off. So... he took a knock as well. And, and, and we're not well off in that position. That is one of the positions where we're not well off. Hey, who knows? First of all, nobody knows with Eddie's team selection. Secondly, despite... Any little apprehension of uh, the toonie that's deep inside you, I think whatever team he puts out will beat Southampton on Sunday, and well, that's we'll, that's a bottom line. We'll get we'll get your score prediction in in
0: a moment. Uh, let let's just run through the team then that we think might happen. So Nick Pope, Trippier fit, Cher, Bottman, Dan Burn back in. You would, if everyone's fit, it's the same. You know, it's it's Bruno Longstaff, Willick, Julian yes. out on the left. Yes. Then there's a question between Murphy and and Almiron. I think even if everyone's fit, I would play. I would bring Murphy back in the side. So and then yeah. up, up front, I think you could see Zach coming back in for Wilson. Um, but again, just it just goes on on, on injuries. But then again, you know, it doesn't like a change of winning side. Um just don't it didn't know, like a was. change
1: of winning side. We won six one against Spurs, and he dropped the two top goal scorers from that game. Uh, Murphy and um, and Isaac. It, was, uh, it just but he doesn't Yeah, right he doesn't like to change winning sides and yet he listens to this podcast because he just changed the winning side afterwards. Now this is a winning side but I tell you what this is interesting Andrew this is a winning side I bet you he doesn't feel the same starting eleven on Sunday that started at Everton.
0: Yeah I, I don't either
1: just,
0: I don't either I think Dan Byrne I'll, I'll say it, and I'm probably going to be proved wrong. Dan Byrne is a cert to start on Sunday.
1: And I would right. start Murphy for one. Yep. And then you have got the case of centre-forward saying you can flick a coin. But I think, if I'm right, he did something like this in a game where we had three games in a week, where he alternated the centre-forward. And I think it was the middle game that he played Wilson a little while back and then brought Isaac back, and I think he'll play Isaac centre-forward, and yeah, I think I... he'll play Murphy outside-right, and I think he'll play Byrne left-back. But there's the injury situation, yeah. particularly so we... in the middle of the park. Let's just, on that then, let's say Bruno's fine, he
0: makes it through, but Longstaff is carrying a bit of a knock. You move Joe Linton in the middle with, with Bruno and Willick, and then you bring out on the left-hand side Elliot Arnison or... He,
1: he, or oh, he's that with Wilson send
0: oh, it forward you know what it works so well but I just I just don't think he's going to do it I don't think he's going to do it I know Wilson said after the game that he that he wants to play more minutes and he I thought he was quite cheeky action he was like I'm more of an authentic number nine he can play out on the wide he was like basically saying that's my spot Gaffer put him out on the left it does work it's a joy to see but I just don't think it's going to happen
1: I just mind don't know. you, neither of us thought he was going to drop Dan Ben. No, but it's we're different. he it was he was ill. I Wait. think I think
0: the issue is with it, John, is the risk you take that if one gets injured, and I know we're coming at the end of the season, but it's you know we might be on the home straight, but we've still got a couple more laps to to go before we we cross the finish line. If you play both of them and one gets injured, you 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 are then left with just one senior striker and I, I, I don't think he's going to put himself in that position. You have Anthony Gordon who could potentially come out on the left if and is needed to replace Longstaff so I suppose that's the other option. I just can't see him playing Nizak and Wilson. That being said, I've said it now, he's definitely playing both of them, isn't he, on Sunday?
1: <laughs> I tell you what, whoever he, he, he plays, A, Newcastle win and B, Eddie's got 99% of his decisions right this season which is why we are where we are so i can sit back with a big cigar and take it easy and uh, say whatever the team sheet i'm not going to panic and uh, i think we're going to win and you know what i'm off enjoying that because i can't remember the last time i did it it was probably with the bobby robson side i think the last time i felt like that
0: mm, yeah it's been a long while and i'm so glad that that feeling's back after all these years all that remains to be done then john how is sunday going
1: to go yes well newcastle are going to win newcastle are going to win comfortably and uh, now i know the, that you're not going to be satisfied with that I again mean, you're going to, because it's so obvious it's untrue so you're going to say well what's the score going to be and um, and that is something i normally Don't like to do because it's just like confetti in the wind You can just pluck any figure out of the air And if you're going to be right, you've won the pools But having scored five at West Ham And six at home to Spurs and four at Everton um, It's greedy to expect it to be another five or six Although it could quite easily be so The form Newcastle's in and the form Southampton's in But um, I'm going to go for a comfortable win but a win that's realistic under the circumstances, and I'm going to take three nil. So I thought that. By the way, might... I love three nil because it's this clean sheet I keep talking about. And if there's anything wrong at the moment, it's that it, we've had about one clean sheet in eleven, and uh, because we still let in a fluke against Everton, so three nil would do me fine. And yeah. you, my friend. Well, first of all, I was
0: disappointed. I thought you were going to say you wanted seven. Because you can't keep being four, five, six. It's got to be one more,
1: right? seven. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't put it past them, but I don't want to heap too much. We were talking about feeling pressure and me saying I'm feeling none. I don't want to put too much pressure on them where they're expected to get seven when they go out. Because some people, bless them, we'll expect them to get seven against Southampton.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's how positive everybody is. I'm going to go for a win. I'm going to go for five, one. I'm going to put a bet on it as well. I'm going to go for 5-1. I'm feeling ridiculously confident about Newcastle night. So 5-1 it is. And, and do you know what? Another beautiful assist from some Newcastle United player.
1: Because that's just what they're doing now. I mean, we don't score scruffy goals and we don't... We have the... I mean, the last two games, we've produced three of the greatest assists. Two from Willock and one from Isaac. And wonderful, wonderful goals. I mean, I was just sitting with Supermac, a traditional centre forward, and he says, Gibbo, what about the quality of the goals for scoring these days? Not the number of goals, the quality. And when that comes from somebody like Supermac, who was quality and is a number nine legend, that tells you the, the, the level we've reached.
0: Well, to finish off, that was going to be my final question, because I know you've been doing a Supermach's column for mm. today. Did you ask him the, the the big question, whether it's a Terry Hibbett assist I did. or Willock assist? Because or? you
1: asked me to. Uh, so I did. Uh, and he fudged it. He said it was a draw. He said it was a draw. He said they were both so wonderful that he couldn't put them apart. And I said... Uh, well, we're not talking about who was the greatest finisher of the result. Was it you or was it Isaac? We're talking about the pass. But he said both were stupendous. What I haven't asked him, and, and I'll have to, is which is the greatest assist now? Does He's Isaac Isaac won in. Does Isaac beat the And it's a totally different sort of a, 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 an assist because Isaac ran with the ball. The other two was one touch. I'd put his axe top. Yeah,
0: it'd be interesting to know what mac thinks, and what a wonderful debate to be having as well. And just shows you how well things are going on Tyneside. You can catch Supermax column over on ChronicleLive.co.uk and in the paper as well, and uh, John's column as well. Head over to ChronicleLive.co.uk to keep with all the latest Newcastle United news and hit that follow button on your podcast provider and leave us a rating and review. It's been a pleasure as always. And here, me and John, looking forward to another three points for Newcastle United.
1: We'll catch you next week.